our keyboard has had a coughing fit and left me. <laughs> so we'll just hum while we're taking up the offering. <laughs> All right, so glad y'all are here this morning. I'm glad to be here. And um, I feel like I have some instructions for you today. Um, first of all, Josh, it's so good to have you home and leading worship today. I love this couple. They are just so amazing. And uh, amazing father, amazing mom, amazing lovers. They always love each other good. And uh, they're just good examples. I just love them, love their heart of worship, not only on the platform, but their daily lives. And, um, you know, worship is not what we do, it's who we are. Okay, one amen will be good. Amen. Worship is not what we do, it's who we are. And so good worshipers worship outside the church and bring that glory into the house and then bring us into the throne room of God. Such an amazing gift that we have in this church to have great worship. And I'm thankful for it. It makes preaching a lot easier. Amen. All right, let's all do jumping jacks. <laughs> I'm feeling what Michelle was feeling up here a minute. Maybe I need to bless you, Josh. This is a tough crowd this morning. Come on, too much apple pie. Hey, I'm not finished. I'm leaving today to go do Christmas some more. And uh, hey, but I want to say this because I've lost four pounds during the holidays. Come on, somebody. Part of that's because I was sick, but we'll take what we got. So, <laughs> so, but today I'm going to talk about 2020 vision. Everybody say 2020 vision. And I know, and Pastor Joel has already said it, there's going to be all kinds of cute little things out here in the next week. Uh, uh, Internet's going to be full of 2020 vision ideas, and there's going to be all of these things about 20, because it's just so cool. It's just cool 2020 vision, you know, and, and they're going to be playing off of that. But today I'm not going to come with some kind of cute little um, uh thing that I found on the internet, I'm going to talk to you about your vision, your personal vision. See, oftentimes we pick up other people's vision. We pick up a vision and we go with that vision to, to carry out, you know, some, a pastor will leave a vision or a, a, our leader uh, at our office will lead, give you a vision or someone will give you a vision. Maybe the, the group of people you work with, and, uh, maybe some of you homeschoolers, you have a vision for next year. And those are all great things. And we need to learn how to participate under the corporate vision of a church or organization. But everyone in this place needs to have a personal vision for your life. Right. A personal vision for your life. And, and without a vision, what happens? People perish. Without a vision, there is something lost in your own personal life. And that people that may be perishing may be you. And I, I want you to 2020 to be a year that you flourish, that you grow, that you, you see thank God, God do great things in your life. I want to see your marriages better. I want to see your relationship with your kids better. I want to see what God gifted you and talented you to do better. Your destiny fulfilled. All of these things come out of a personal vision that you have for yourself. And so today I want to ask you this question, and I want you to ponder this question throughout the message today. Uh, is do I have a vision for this new year? And what is my personal vision? And what is my personal goals? And what dreams do I have for myself? I, I want to pause for a minute to say that I, um, I appreciate uh, uh, what I heard Coach O say this week. By the way, go Tigers. Come on. Can y'all get excited about that? I mean, that's even lame. Let's do that again. Go Tigers. Come on. Yeah. And I was so happy when the other Tigers won last night so that our Tigers could beat those Tigers in the next game. We'll see who's got the best Tiger. But I was, I was, I was uh, impressed with Coach O because he, he did not take a break in the time of when people are taking breaks because there was an important thing coming up. Oftentimes, we want to just go with the flow, take a break, take it easy. Coach O said, we're going to discipline ourselves even on, on you know, Christmas Eve, New Christmas Day. We're going to get ready because we have a big game coming up. We're not going to get caught up in all the awards we won, the Heisman Trophies and the Coach of the Year and all of those things. 
and get caught up in what's already done. We're looking to what's next. Now, I love to celebrate wins. How many like to celebrate wins? Matter of fact, I think we do a terrible job celebrating the wins. We need to do a better job celebrating wins. When somebody has a victory in your life, the Bible says to weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. We need to learn how to do both of those. We need to learn how to celebrate wins. But we cannot get caught up in our last win and not have a vision for our next. Anybody with me this morning? And so when we don't have a vision for our next, we can say, well, man, you know, in 2002, we had a great revival. But since 2002, we've just been dead. In 2010, I had a revelation, but since then, I hadn't had one. And 2015 was a fantastic year. I wish I could have that year over again. I don't want to do 2010, which was my worst year of my life that I think. I don't want to do 2010 over but I don't want to live in the regrets of what I learned in 2010. I want to, I want to, I want to look at the win. I want to look at the, that, and I, but I don't want to do it again. I don't want to do that again. I want to do something that God has for me in the future and live for the next that God has. Are you with me this morning? If you don't get that, then this is not going to make sense. None of this is going to make sense. Because we have to live with a passion for the things that God has put in our hearts. So today I ask you this question. What is your vision for 2020? Now, as simple as this sounds, uh, to sit down and write down your vision is really actually hard to do. How many took the time to sit down and try to write out your vision? And you start writing it down, and you start going, oh, wait a minute. And you start, it, it, it's not that simple, actually to sit down and write down your vision. Now, I'm not talking about just write down, oh, I want to be richer in 2020. Well, that's great, but how are you going to be richer? How, how is that going to happen? How is, how is that greatness going to come in your life? And so you not only need to sit down and write down the vision, you need to write down the mission or the steps to getting to where God is taking you. Habakkuk 2 says this, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that he may run who reads it. The one who's reading that vision every day of your life should be you. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Here's some, you know, pastors transparent. I'm just going to be real honest with you. You know, years ago when somebody would tell me, hey, you just write it down, do this. And I was like, man, I got a good brain. I can remember. I don't need to write nothing down. Let me tell you something. I feel like now that in my life, I've got a little smarter a little smarter, a little older, a little grayer. I feel like understanding now that writing that down and looking at that every day of my life as a reminder, where has God taken me from and where has God taken me to is so important in my life. So important in my life. So that I can have a target to aim at. Now, I'm a hunter. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a marksman. I like to shoot guns. You know, you don't just take a gun and just go out there and say, you know, I'm just going to shoot it and hope something happens. Right. You know, I'm just going to shoot out there and then and I'm going to give the deer a heart attack. <laughs> I'm not going to hit it. I'm just going to sh- give it a heart attack. I'm going to scare it to death. <laughs> no, there, there, you have to learn to hit the target. There's a target in front of you and you have to learn to hit the target. You know what it takes? It takes time. It takes practice. It takes good equipment, having the right gun, having the right scope, having the right things. We have to equip ourselves, and we have to know what our target is if we plan to succeed. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Tessie. The righteous live by faith. The, everybody say the righteous live by faith. You know, you know what we do in the church world? We say the righteous live by faith, so we say, well, we got faith. Oh, we got faith. We got faith. Well, faith doesn't mean that you live by the seat of the pants. Faith is not, woo, I got faith. God's going to take care of me. I'm not going to take care of myself, but God is. That's not faith. I'm not going to tell you what that is. It would be nice. That's not faith. Faith is saying, I heard a voice from God. I've been along with him. He has given me a vision. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the things together that God has put in my life so that I can reach the goal that God has put before me. Now, I don't have a million dollars maybe today, but God has given me a million-dollar dream. I don't have maybe everything I need to accomplish what God has put before me. But one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to have a vision and a plan and a target. 
Because otherwise, I'm saying I'm living by faith and really I'm just living out of hoping something happens, like the roll of the dice. That's not really faith. It starts with having faith to believe in the things that you can't physically see in front of you. That's where faith comes in play. I can't see this, but I believe it because why? I heard God say it. I heard God say it. Some might call this a dream. And, and over the years, uh, I have had lots of dreams, and some have come to pass, and some have not. But I will tell you this. A lot of times in my life, I have regrets because God gave me a dream that I didn't take the time to write down. And then I would go back later on and try to remember what that dream is. And when I could not remember what God had spoken, then that thing that God put in my heart became distant and faint. And I lost the vision. It's so important that when God gives us a dream that we take the time to write it down. As we begin to write down our dreams that God's putting in our heart, as we begin to write down the dreams God's putting in our heart, all of a sudden those dreams can come, that those dreams will establish our foundation for writing out our vision and our purpose and our plan. Let me give you a few reasons you need to write down the vision. There are many things that God has deposited in our hearts that can not only change us, but God may have called you to change the world. I love dreamers because dreamers are world changers. Now, this is not, I'm, I may preach this another time, but I'm just going to give you this. Joseph had a dream. You know what Joseph's problem was is he told dream killers his dream. Yeah. Now, let me just put this together for you real quick, okay, all you dreamers. Don't tell your dreams to negative Nancy because she will shoot holes in it. Find you another dreamer that loves to dream and tell them your dream. You know what they'll do? Oh, let me add to that. Let me help you with that. Let me think about that with you. Let me pray with you about that. Let me me do this one more time because I think some of y'all not understand what I'm saying. When God puts something in your heart, be careful who you partner with. Now, I'm going to talk about a little later on that God's given us people to partner with, but you also have to know who God tells you not to partner with. Right, amen. I'm going to preach on this a little more because I feel it right now. I need need to put a little more in this. I don't want some, I don't want to go, talk to someone about building something great to someone who's never built nothing as a matter of fact the only skill they have is demolition (laughs) I don't want to go share my building dream with someone who only has a dream to destroy Amen. amen so let me give you a few good reasons right now There are many things in your life that God has given you that not only change your life, but they change the world. Every great thing that's ever happened in this world from the beginning of time is because God put a dream in man's heart. Because God has always chosen to use people to change the world. Not because he needs us, but because he desires to use us out of that relationship. He could change it just by speaking the word, but he chooses to use people to change the world. And so God has put a dream in your heart. And so Jeremiah tells us this, Jeremiah 29. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. I heard a guy the other day making fun. He was making fun of another guy for preaching a prosperity message. Now, I know that there's this prosperity message out there that's kind of like blab it and grab it and, you know, I, I get all that. 
that if you give God $100 in the offering, he's going to give you a million back and all that kind of junk. I understand that. But we've done a disservice in the kingdom of God when we don't believe that God wants us to prosper. That being holy and humble is being broke and broke down. That's not God's plan for our life. God's plan for our life is for us to prosper, to grow, to build. To, he, gives us this, he gives us this imagination and these dreams because he wants their greatness in the earth. Why would a great God want his kids to be pitiful? No, that's not his plan. God, God wants us to prosper. Now, I love Pastor Joel's message on prosperity. If you do not hear that, you need to go back and listen to that. Because if you had a bad year, next year you have a better year, you're prospering. You're prospering. But if you had a bad year and next year you have a worse year, you might want to think about that. Because God wants you to prosper. So he has a dream. He has a plan. He's declared these things for you that are great. God longed to restore Israel. He had a plan, a future hope for Israel. But like us, they had to learn to partner with God. We have to learn to partner with God and God dreams. You can't, you can't just make it happen. You have, to, you have a relationship, a partnership with God. He puts the dream in your heart. He partners with you to accomplish it. You have to partner with God to fulfill the dreams that he has for your life. Maybe 2019 was not your best year, but does that mean that God has ran out on your life? Does that mean that God has failed you? Does that mean that maybe, you know, uh, you know, maybe you wasn't really, uh, God really didn't love you that much or something was wrong or this? Sometimes life happens. Everybody say life happens. Life happens. I, I, I've said this a, lot, a couple of times. 2019 wasn't my best year, but it wasn't my worst year either. You know, you know, we can get so caught up in the negative of life. We can get so caught up in the things that went wrong and what was bad. And we can miss out on the blessing of God because even in the difficulties that we have, even in our worst, and I go back to 2010, and my worst year ever, in my worst year of my life, I can't think of a darker year in my 50-something years. I don't even remember how old I am today. In my 56 years, I don't remember 2010, was probably one of the darkest years of my life. But guess what? It was also one of the most educating years of my life. So even in the darkest time of my life, God didn't abandon me. God didn't leave me. And he was working for my good. Are you with me this morning? He was working for my good even when I was, oh, oh, I can't make it. I'm not going to live. I'm going to die. Or I want to die. Please, God, let me die. And God was saying, hey, I'm working for your good. I'm taking off some things out of your life that needs to be taken off. I'm stripping some things out of your life that need to be stripped off. I'm removing some things, some, some things from your life that need to be removed. I'm working for your good. My wife says she does not want to do 2010 again. Can I get a better amen? Amen. She's looking at me like, I don't even like you preaching about that. He's taking, he's working for my good. He's, he's, he's revealing some things in me. He's opening up some things in me. He's revealing some things in my life. He's working for my good. So maybe 2019 was not your best year. But God's still working for your good. And he's bringing to pass his best for your life. Number one. Number one reason you should write things down. Vision is revealed to the person who's in that position, who positions himself to listen. The only time, and I always talk about myself so you can listen in, and the only time I haven't heard from God is when I wasn't listening because God never stops talking. Amen? Amen. If your God's not speaking to you, you might ought to check your position of listening. Don't blame God for not speaking. Ask yourself, are you listening? Have I positioned myself to listen to what God is saying? Have I given myself room in my life to hear God's voice? The hardest thing for us to do in this modern world with all of its technology is to put down our mobile devices, turn off our TVs, and put a do not disturb sign 
on the door while we talk to Papa. It's the most difficult thing that we have to deal with. To put down all of our mobile devices, to put down all of our busyness, to put down all of our this, that, and the other, all of our activities, get along with God, and just listen. Now, I'm going to give you some homework to do today. When you leave today, I want you to go to your house or to, if you don't have it at your home, and I want you to get you a, a notebook, a legal pad. I, I'm going to advise you not to use your phone. I know that you can take good notes on your phone. I'm going to advise you not to use your iPad because it's so distracting. When you pick it up to write down your notes from the Lord, then all of a sudden you hit Facebook, and then you're caught up in that. Just get you a notebook. Just get you a journal. And put on it at the top, this is what God's saying to me. And don't put anything else in that. Don't write your grocery list out of that. Don't put your to-do list for the day out of that. Get that little book along just, just that book is what's what God's saying to me. And inside that book, take the time to get along with God. And if you've not done this, then practice this. Start with 10 minutes a day. Because in 10 minutes dedicated to God, you will hear his voice. And that 10 minutes might turn into two hours because you'll start liking it so much. But just start. But if you don't take the time to pray and write down the vision so that you can look back and be reminded of what God has spoken, you will, you will definitely and default to the negative things that are all around us and that will bring more negativity into your life. So if God has given you a dream to travel the world and minister to those who, are, who have not heard the gospel, then write that down. Maybe God wants you to travel the world and, and, and minister the gospel. Maybe God's given you a dream to build a business in Hammond that will fund the kingdom of God. One of those is not greater than the other because God has deposited different things into different people's hearts. Oftentimes we miss our dream is because we get to thinking that somebody else's dream and their life is better than ours and so we want to do what they're doing. And then we step out of what God has us to do to do what somebody else is doing. It's not what we're supposed to be doing. And then we get bogged down. It's so good just to do what God's called us to do and what he's purposed in our heart to do. I look over here and see these teachers over here. I think, man, that is a calling from God. And I just want to tell you, I bless you. I would not do one single day of that. I would be in jail. Come on. They would be hauling me off to jail. Because one of them kids would get a spanking with my belt before the day was over with. I would be in the principal's office myself. What a calling. What a calling for God to influence the next generation, though. And I want to bless them every day, and I want to pray for our teachers and say, God bless you. But that's not my lane. That's not what God's called me to. And I can miss everything that God's doing because, like, oh, I want to be a teacher because they get off for the summer. Right? Because that's all they do is just get off for the summer. No. My goodness, it's a calling. And God's called them to do it. So if God gave you a dream, and he, then, then write it down. Make sure that you know what God's called you to do and then accomplish that with the help of the Lord. Number two, details. Don't just write down, I want to go to the moon. Well, that's, that's awesome. That's a little general, though, don't you think? Write down some details. Now, listen. I used to be the least detailed person on the planet. Matter of fact, I didn't want to hear all the details. I just wanted to dream. And Angela used to tell me, say, she'd say, honey, uh, time out. You're giving us another dream, and we ain't even started on the details on the first dream. I was like, well, catch up. Move a little faster. We got things to do. Now I've learned that, you know, you need a little details along the way. You need to figure out, like, if I'm going to go from here to there, how am I going to get there? So write down some details. There's one thing I can promise you that reaching your goal will not just happen. There will be some roadblocks along the way. So it's so important to write down what it will look like 
so that it would come to fruition. Well, I don't know what it's going to look like. But you have a vision, so write down, give direction, that direction and inspiration will lead you to the steps. And then you begin to plan out, and you begin to look at the details, and then you begin to say, hey, this looks good. But if you don't, nothing, one thing I can guarantee you, nothing will happen. You can be assured of that. Number three, this kind of sounds like I'm, I'm, you know, somewhat contradicting myself, but... Don't complicate it. Make it plain. How many detail-oriented people in the room today? Raise your hand if you're detail. Don't lie. You're detail-oriented. Right? Right. You know detail, I love my wife. She's awesome. I'm the visionary. She's the detail person. But sometimes I have to say, okay, you're getting bogged down in the weeds. The details are a little too detailed. Because... The details are getting way into the weeds. Now, I'm thankful that she's pulled me where I just not vision, 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 and I got a few details. And I'm trying to pull her a little over here. Let's have a little more vision and not so many details. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in just a minute. Don't get caught, don't get caught up in the weeds of the details that you forget the vision that God gave you. And you spend all your time trying to work out the details. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but you've heard people say the devil's in the details. You can get caught up in the weeds and then miss out, and then all of a sudden the vision gets so blurry, and you think, well, I can't accomplish it. It's too many things to do, and you lose sight of the vision. So that's where faith comes in. So you write down some of the details, and then you back up a little bit, and you say, I'm going to make this plain. I'm going I'm to make this where I can give this to a fifth grader, and they can understand where the vision is and where we're going. Number three, number four, I'm sorry. Vision overcomes obstacles. How many believes that? You probably can't reach your vision alone. If it's really from God, you probably can't do it by yourself. So let me give you a couple things to think about. First, post your vision so those that are connected can see it. Post your vision so that those that are connected, you can see it. It becomes a reminder of what is possible in our life for those who are gathered around you, your spouse, your children, your friends, your coworkers, those people that are around you that are going to help you make it happen. You have to post the vision. You have, and I don't mean post it on Facebook. I mean give sight to it. Help people understand it. Don't just have a vision and hide it in somewhere inside. But let that vision be spoken about. Talk about your vision. Talk about your dreams. Talk about where God's taking you to. And the people that God put in your life can help you accomplish your vision. I want to say this to you this morning. I want you to listen to me really good. God never, and we've preached this a bunch of times, God never intended for you to do life alone. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I'm just going to tell you something. You're not that good. You're not that good. Nobody in this room is that good. God, God did not, he did not, he said, he made Adam, and then he said, you're not that good. Let's make Eve. Right? You're just not that good. God put people in your life to help you accomplish the vision that he put in your heart. And when you don't partner with people, you hurt your own self. When you don't partner with people, you say the vision that God has given me is really not that important. But when you say God's given me this great vision, and then he puts the right people in my life to accomplish the vision. Can I get a better man? Okay, so I'm going to use my friend over here, John. I didn't know if he'd be here today or not, but... You know, John and I got to be good friends over the last few months. But there's something greater than that. I'm, I've been in Mexico for a while now, working in the ministry there, admission there. But God put John in my life. And because John, first of all, I'm, I love John speaks his mind. Can I get a better amen for that? <laughs> I, don't, I, I have no question about what John's thinking. He's very clear. Now, I'm, I say that sincerely. I'm thankful for that. 
So he and I together, and, he, and he's not said these words, but sometimes he said, well, that's a dumb idea. He didn't actually say that, but I heard him say that real clear. That's just a dumb idea. So, so God put, it's not an accident, it's not coincidental that God put John Pate in my life because I needed someone to walk with me that has a passion for the same thing I have a passion for, and he sees the vision, and he sees the potential, and, 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 and he sees the mission, and he loves to travel. That God put him to partner with me to balance, to bring life so that we can accomplish the goal. Now, there's another side of the story. I could say, now, sometimes I start sharing something with John and he's telling me like, I could think, well, man, I'm going to find me somebody that agree with me. You hurt my feelings. you know what what you did is you cut your arm off when you do that you cut your your, you you cut off the very help that god sent you because you can't help yourself because it has to be the way you want it or i'm gonna take my toys and i'm going home it's my way or the highway well, guess what? The highway is lonely when you're walking on it by yourself. And God put people in your life to help you. Boy, it's gotten quiet in here all of a sudden. You got to love to love that people are there to help you and to speak into your life and to get you along the way. So second, learn how to build your team. Whether you realize it or not, God's gave you people now accomplished to accomplish your mission. So now learn how to build your team. Put people around you. There's a gift in knowing how to drink coffee with people. Just to sit down and talk and let people talk to you. You know what I, I run into a lot? And sometimes my even myself is that everybody always has an agenda. Has anybody ever said, hey, let's go to lunch? And you thought, "Mm mm-mm, got an agenda. (laughs) They are not asking me to go to lunch just because they want to buy my dinner. No, they have an agenda. And so if you're that person that always has an agenda, it's hard to get a lunch meeting because people don't want to hear what you have to say all the time. Sometimes they want you to hear what they have to say. So sometimes you need to go to lunch to listen, even when you're paying for the lunch. Why is that? Because God has set that person in your life to be your helper. Learn how to build your team. Learn how to put those people around you. Learn how to not isolate, but to invite. Some people look at their home that God gave them and say, well, God gave me this home for me to cut off the rest of the world no god gave you that home to invite people to your home and to learn how to use hospitality to build your team so that you can accomplish what god put in your heart before the beginning of the time to do we need people come on people come on y'all smile at me this morning (laughs) look at your neighbor and say i need you I need you, I need you, I need you. I can't, look at your other neighbor and say, I can't do this by myself. All right. Number five, number five, number five. Don't leave now, I'm about finished. Number five, all right. Vision will come to pass in God's time. We often get discouraged when it don't happen overnight. God 
is not a microwave. He's a crock pot. He's slow cooking. <laughs> He's slow cooking. Oh, man. I have to tell you, I have to be honest. I get so frustrated with God because I want God to do it now. Come on, God. Do it now. So I was, I was preparing this message, and I had to go back and think about 23 years ago. March would be 23 years. I moved to Hammond, Louisiana. And I was a guy with lots of vision. Man, I had more vision than I had people. I had, I had, I mean, we had like 23 departments and 21 people. So everybody got to be a leader. Some got to be lit, lit two, to get two or three departments. I was a visionary man. We're going to rock him in America. We're going to change it. We're going to change the world. We're going to change the church. We're going to change everything but me. Because I don't need to be changed. Because I've been a children's pastor. I've been a youth pastor. I've been an evangelist. I was even a worship leader. It was bad, but I was one. I, I, I've done it all except for senior pastor. So this is going to be gravy. We're going we're gonna to rock this. There's some things that God put in my heart that still hasn't come to pass. And I look down the road 23 years later, and if I just look at what hadn't happened, and sometimes I do, I get so discouraged. I start thinking about, okay, this hadn't happened, that hadn't happened. And over the last 23 years, I've pastored probably 10 or 15 churches, all in, you know, one location. They come in, they go out, they're here, they're gone. If everybody that ever come to this church over the last 23 years was still at this church, we'd probably need the SLU Coliseum to hold them all. People come, people go, things happen, ups, downs. Hey, but Robin and Craig are still here. Come on. Joe and Gwen, they're still hanging with me. Tim and Michelle. You see, we, we could get caught up in what hasn't happened and the enemy will get us focused on what hasn't happened and then our vision goes away. Yeah. We lose sight of what our purpose and our calling is and we get bogged down and we miss the purpose of God. Don't rush the vision. Be patient. I don't even like to preach this. I'm preaching to myself. When we rush the vision, we start making our own plans to get it done faster. And then we lose sight of the purpose and plan of God. And it often brings delay and detours to your destiny. Wait on the Lord, and he will bring you the promised land that he has dreamed and that you have dreamed of. And whatever he said is yea and amen. How many knows that God does not lie? Number six. Last and least. Not least, but last. Number six. It takes faith to live out the vision. 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 What does it take to live out the vision? Faith. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And sometimes when God gives you the vision, you can't see it all at one time. It takes faith to step out of the boat. It takes faith to step into the promise. It takes faith to walk across the Red Sea. It takes faith to live in the promise of God. And in a world where we have so much information, so much information at our fingertips, we oftentimes lose faith in what God has promised because we want a right now answer. Yeah. 
if we're sitting at the table with all of our children and somebody says, well, what about this? Or they get it, well, this is this and that's that. No, 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 no. All of a sudden, here comes the phones out. Well, let's Google it. <laughs> because Googling it is going to give us the right answer. And I'm going to prove you wrong. Let's Google it. Well, some things Google has not experienced yet because it ain't your vision. You can't Google your vision. If you Googled your vision for 2020, oh boy, that's going to be a fun ride. But if you've been along with God and God's given you purpose in your life and he's given you vision in your heart and he's given you a dream, then you can walk it out by faith. If God said that you can have the best business in town, you can have the biggest business in town, then don't Google it. Do it. Walk it out by faith. The more you focus your attention on the vision, the more your faith grows. When the distractors come, come back to center. God, what did you put me here for? What is your plan for my life? What have you created me for? Who do you say that I am? Let me say that again. Who do you say that I am? Not who does the naysayer say that I am. Not who does negative Nancy say that I am. But who do you say that I am? And listen to me. There's going to be pitfalls and problems along the way. You're going to make mistakes. There's nobody in this room. Nobody. Nobody that is exempt from that. You're going to make mistakes along the way. It's called life. But don't let your mistakes and don't let your downfalls define you. Go back to your vision and who God says you are. Always redirect. Always rebring your focus back around. Who does God say that I am? And what has he created me for? And what is my purpose? And that's who I'm going to be. You can come, Heather. When God opened the door to your next, when he opens the door to your next, don't look the other way. You might miss your opportunity and have to wait even longer. Have your focus on your vision because God's going to open the doors. Have faith to step out when the door is open. If it's a God dream, you won't have to beat the door down. If you're banging at the same door trying to beat it down that you was trying to beat down years ago, that's probably not where God wants you to go. Yeah. And before long, you will go from beating your hand on the door to beating your head on the door. Yeah. Say, God, what are you, wait, wait a minute. Okay, God, I repent for the last five years I've wasted. What are you speaking to me today? Because when God opens a door, no man can shut it. And when God shuts the door, no man can open it. And here's one thing I've learned as not just as a pastor, but as a father, learning to let go. Learn to let go of some things, man. Learn to let go. Come here, Heather, Hannah. Wake up and come here, girl. Look, I have to look up to her now. Look down to me. <laughs> Man, when they get about this age, as a papa, my natural thing is want to do is start holding on tight. Like, stop growing up. Stop getting so pretty. And boys, better not be looking at you. I'm gonna kill somebody. <laughs> but you know what? The hardest lesson I've learned, and I've learned it the hardest ways. She really doesn't belong to me. She belongs to God. If I'm not careful, I can stand in the way of her vision that God wants her to have. And I can become a hindrance to the purpose of God in her life, wanting her to do what Daddy wants her to do. So I got to let go.
God's like, you know what? You belong to God, girl. You need to talk to Papa God. You need to find out what he wants to do with your life. Because Daddy just wants you to live in his house forever. (laughs) Here's what I found out. Sometimes letting go is your harvest. Thank you, babe. Letting go is your harvest because then God takes the seed that he gave you and it starts reproducing. Not just in your children, but in everything in your life. Your house, your car, the clothes you wear, everything that you have. The holding on to it creates a poverty mentality. This is if I let this go, I'm not going to get any more. I got to hold on to it. I can't let this go. I can't let it go. I got to hold on to it. I got to possess it. I got to keep it. I got to lock it in a vault. I got to keep it mine. And God's saying, just sow it. Just let it go. I want to bring a harvest in your life. It's faith to let it go. It takes faith. It takes faith to respond. Remember, it's a God thing. I know you're good, but you're not that good. It's one thing God just dropped in my spirit that I want to say. Why don't you listen to me? Everybody listen to me. You've got to learn to be teachable. Not just with people, but with God too. Let your heart be soft before the Lord. Don't harden your heart against God. Say, God, come be my teacher. God, send the people in my life. Let me be teachable. My daddy used to always tell me growing up, he said, son, when you get so smart that you can't learn, you're the dumbest person on earth. You've got to be the brightest person in the room all the time. You're the dimmest light to the world. Be teachable. Let God speak into your life. That was just an add-on. The Lord just spoke that to me. God's going to open the doors for you. How many believe that? And we'll have the faith to step through that. Remember, it's a God thing. It's a God thing. Everybody say, it's a God thing. And you're not alone, but you must act. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Next Sunday, we're going to start a series. And uh, I, don't, I want you to just try to do your best to be here the next four weeks. I think God's going to speak to us through this series. And that God really dropped in my spirit this week in prayer. And God wants to make us healthy. He wants to make us whole. He wants you to live a life of greatness and fulfillment. And he's for you. He's not against you. Can I get a better amen? I want you to stand with me this morning. That's what I want to do in closing. Baby, can you come up here with me? I'm not saying this to impress anyone this morning. 
heard a while, you're to woo you, but on this earth, my greatest asset that God's given me is this lady right here. She's the mother of my five beautiful daughters. She does so many things well. But it's also the very thing that the enemy targets to destroy all the time is our relationship. Why? Because he knows we're better together than we are apart. It's not just he wants to come against my marriage specifically. He wants to come against our vision and ministry and effectiveness. Any wars. And there has to be a, there has to be this inside of you. Listen to me. I know I've gone a little bit long today, but listen to me. There has to be this fight inside of you that matters. You didn't hear me. There has to be this place inside of you that says, I'm going to fight for something. I'm going to defend it with honor. Don't be a sissy. And let your vision be destroyed by the enemy. Bow up to the devil. Bow up. You know what? I just feel this righteous indignation in me when I say that. There's some things you need to get mad at. And the violent take it by force. And you need to say, enemy, you're not coming in 2020 and taking our vision and taking our family and taking our church and taking my kids and taking the, the, the purpose that you planned that God has put in my life. You're not doing it. You're not taking away the greatest asset of my life that God has surrounded me with. And then he added these five wonderful daughters in our lives. And the enemy wants to destroy them. Because he came to steal, to kill, and destroy. But let me give you some hope today. But God's bigger than all of that. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And God's put a vision in your heart to live out. And so you guess what? We can all say this together. We win. (laughs) Come on, somebody say, we win. Say, I'm a winner. winner. Come on, amen. I don't know who said that, but I yeah, amen. I've already won. The battle has already been fought. So I want you to take whoever you're standing by today, and I just want you to pray over them. And I just want you to pray that God give them visions and dreams. And over the next few days, that God just lights them up with the glory of God. Let's pray that right now. Father, we love you.